sins away. Oh, say much I'm glad. From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and this is Dr. Shelton Smith. I'm delighted to be with you today and looking forward to this week. We're going to do a series, five days worth, built around what I'm just describing as the forever factor. Whenever you read the Bible, you'll find there are subjects which are built around the theme of forever. And we're going to look at those today and uh, every day this week. It'll be five days of it. And I think it'll be things that'll be a help and a strengthening encouragement to all of us. So thank you for being along today. Let me remind you, the National Sword of the Lord Conference is coming July 18 through 21 at the Gospelite Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina. In the Winston-Salem area, this uh, great church, large facilities, and we have room for you. There are no fees for registration, no advance registration, any of that. So we just look forward to having you come, bring your family, and do bring a group from your church. We'll be delighted to have you there with us. Now, I want you to also be aware that we have a newspaper that we publish here at the Sword of the Lord, now in its 88th year of publication. I'll send you a sample copy of the paper if you'll just send me a note and ask for it. I'll be delighted to do so. So I'll give you the address at the end of the broadcast. So this week we're talking about the forever factor. And let's begin in Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Notice the time reference there, in all generations. That's talking about any time, all the time. Then verse number two says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. So today I want to talk to you about the everlasting God, the God who is forever the real God. Now, some men, when they think about God, they think about something that they're going to make with their own hands. They carve something, they call it God, or they mold something out of some uh, kind of process, and they call it God. Now, those kinds of gods, uh, if you drop them, they may break. Uh, if you put them in the fire, they'll probably be consumed to ashes. Now, that's just a matter of somebody dreaming up something that is not real and that does not last. Man-made gods are really nothing at all. They do not serve. They do not get anything done. But in reality, we have to face the fact there is only one real God. Only one. Not two, not three, not four or five, not thousands, not millions, like some people would like to have you believe. But in reality, there is only one God. In Deuteronomy chapter number 6 in the Bible, the Lord says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Later in that chapter, in verse number 14, it goes on to say, Ye shall not go after other gods, and that's gods with a little g. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. So, the Israelites were instructed, these heathen nations around them were going to have other things that they had created that they call God. And he said, you do not let yourself get ensnared. You do not get entrapped into believing that those are God because they are not. Now, when we consider the God who is in reality God, the one this passage talks about, that is God from everlasting 
to everlasting. That is, forever's past in the forever's future. We're looking at the fact that there is one real God, and here's who he is. He is the Almighty. That is, he is omnipotent. That's a big, uh, what I call a 16-cylinder word, meaning he is all-powerful. All-powerful. All power is at his disposal. He has the power to make creation. He has the power to keep the universe and the universes all functioning in an orderly fashion. I mean, by him, all things consist, the Bible tells us. So he is all-powerful. And not only that, but he is all-knowing. And I've got another 16-cylinder word for that. It's the word omniscient, and it simply means he knows everything. There is nothing that escapes his notice. Knowledge is full with him. There's no need for him to check the encyclopedia or to make some reference on the Internet where he Googles something. None of that. He doesn't need to do that because he possesses knowledge about everything in detail. In fact, all real knowledge begins with him, whether it be mathematical, scientific, or whatever, all real knowledge and truth begins with him. So the God who is really God, from everlasting to everlasting, he is almighty, he is all-knowing, and he is also, and here's another 16-cylinder word, he is omnipresent. That simply means he is always present, and he's present everywhere. There is no place that you can go where you will not find God already there when you get there. So this is a powerful statement that we make about him. He is almighty, he is all-knowing, and he is all-time present. Now, when you look through the Bible, you'll find all kinds of things that documents what we're talking about here in relation to God. In Psalm chapter 8, in verse 1, the Bible says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? Psalm 19, 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Uh, we look further in Psalm 121, in verse 8, and the Bible says, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and forevermore. That is, in all of the ranking of men's uh, calculating of time, all of that, everything, all the way, every hour of the day, we can count on the fact that the Lord is right there. There's a verse in Jeremiah chapter 32 that says, And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from me. God talks about a covenant that he makes that he will honor everlastingly. The everlasting God can do that. It'll never run out. Jeremiah chapter 10 tells us that the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. That tells us something pretty pertinent and powerful about him. In Deuteronomy chapter 3 in verse 24, the Bible says, O Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to thy works and according to thy might? Referencing here again the great power of God and just saying, you are proving yourself by your power. In uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 22, the Bible says, Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee. 
in 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 23. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or in earth beneath who keepest covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart. You just keep looking through the Bible in Psalm 71. The Bible says, Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who has done great things, O God? Who is like unto thee? In Psalm 86 and verse 8, Among the gods, little g on the word, Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. Psalm 89 and verse 6, For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? In Psalm 135 and verse 5, For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. And again, that word gods with a little g. Isaiah 40 and verse 18, To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal seven? the Holy One. Isaiah 43, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. In Isaiah 45, 22, look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. In Jeremiah chapter 10, and verse 6, for as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. We get over into the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and verse 4 has a line which says, And there is none other God but one. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 17. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Listen, all the way through the Bible, you'll find this, and there are many more such passages as this, and I've just gone through and read several of them for you to emphasize the fact that when we talk about the forever issues, the forever factors that are laid out in the Bible, we have to start where everything starts, and that is with the God who is the everlasting God. Now, when this passage in Psalm 90, where we started here in verse 2, says, from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. The first part of that, from everlasting, is a reference to the past. It's looking back through all of the years of history, even beyond the creation, looking backward, looking before God set his hand to creating things. This is looking into the eternity's past. Listen, God was in existence long before any history was recorded and long before any creation was done. He is, in fact, the eternal God who has always been and always will be. So it says, from everlasting to everlasting. So the second statement here, to everlasting, is looking into the future. It is the eternities of the future. Just like the time, the eternities, has always been in the past, it will always be in the future. The Bible says that there's coming a time when the earth and uh, all of the elements of the universe will be no more. And that's looking forward way beyond the rapture, looking beyond the millennium, looking beyond Armageddon, looking beyond everything into the eternity of the future. And that eternity continues forever and ever and ever. You say, how is that possible? It's because we have an everlasting God who has been everlasting from the past and he is everlasting into the future. The God of whom the Bible says, from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. He is the forever God. Now, who is he? he? Well, he's a living being, and he lives in heaven. He has arranged it 
also so you and I can live there with him. Now, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? The fact is, you and I have an eternity coming where we will live with God. We will have the privilege to be in heaven. And all of that because he sent his son to die on the cross and to rise from the grave and to purchase salvation for us. The God who always has been is the God who always will be. He is forever. Therefore, I can say with assurance what the Bible says here, he is the everlasting God. So that just tells me some things here. He's not winding down. You don't have to worry about the Lord running out of steam or running out of blessing or running out of grace or running out of salvation. He's not going to run out of any of that. He's not headed for retirement. He's not going to disappoint you someday and not be around when you need him. So you and I simply need to let the trumpet sound today. I mean, let our trumpet sound and declare his presence, declare his power and declare his promises to us. This is a testimony that you and I need to give over and over again. Whenever we go out and talk to people in the world and talk to them about the Savior, when I come to this microphone or when I stand in front of a live audience somewhere, whatever the case, I'm not just talking about you joining a church, although I want you to do that. I'm not talking about you getting some religious ceremony in place, although baptism and some things like that are important. But at the same time, it's important, first of all, that we get hold of this principle that the Lord God is the everlasting, the forever God, and everything else will build on that. Well, thank you for being along. I'll do some more of this forever theme throughout the week this week, so be sure to be with me, and we'll look forward to every day. Write to me and let me know that you hear the broadcast, and if you would like to have a sample copy of our Sword of the Lord newspaper, then write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I will look forward to hearing from you, and I look forward to being back here at this station again tomorrow at this time, so be sure to join me. Until that time, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.